Hey guys, thought we'd do something slightly different this evening. I know that normally when you tune in and listen to the podcasts that you are listening to me going live on Discord, but I thought that we might start to do a slightly different strategy. So I wanted to talk to you guys about the top 10 questions that I get asked when people are considering a divorce um, and share with you all what my answers would be for that. So question number one, how do I file for divorce? get asked this question so often um, typically you just go onto the government website um, gov.uk and you would type in divorce and it will take you first of all to some notes about how to do a divorce and the process a really handy guide as to what you need to do and how much it's going to cost you and how long it's going to take have a read through of that and then you'll complete the divorce petition Okay, you'll finish completing the divorce petition and then you've got to upload your marriage certificate and the court will tell you to make sure that you have the four corners of the marriage certificate showing so that it's clearly your marriage certificate hasn't been doctored, hasn't been altered or anything like that. Obviously, if the marriage certificate isn't in English, then you need to get it translated and then you'll update the original marriage certificate along with the translated copy, okay? You'll then pay your fee, which is £593, or you may qualify for what we call fee remission. If you don't know if you qualify for fee remission, then the best way to go about finding out about this is to complete the EX160A and if you complete that and send it to the court first before you um, do your divorce petition they will assess your situation and see if you qualify okay so that's how you file for divorce that's how you begin the divorce process go to the government website fill out the petition upload it with your marriage certificate and the court fee okay now, I also get asked, what are the grounds for divorce? It used to be, prior to our new no-fault system coming in, in April 2022, that we could rely on uh, unreasonable behaviour, adultery, two-year separation with consent, five-year separation and desertion. However, all that's gone now, um, and the only fact that we now rely upon is irretrievable breakdown of the marriage okay so regardless of what uh, or why the marriage broke down your petition will now say irretrievable breakdown of the marriage okay uh, next question I get asked all the time is how long does it take if you're just doing the divorce with no financial order and you're both in agreement to the divorce then you're looking at 26 weeks okay if you're doing a financial order then we'll pause the divorce process at a certain point and then we'll file our financial order um, and then we'll come back to the divorce process so that may lengthen it slightly and of course if there's any kind of delay caused by the other side they don't return the paperwork promptly or maybe you have to get a process server to serve them that may extend it but if there's no variation, you're both in agreement, um, start to finish, it's 26 weeks. Now, the next question that I get asked is, how do we divide the finances in divorce? Well, the finances are usually divided by way of a financial order. And we can get that in one of two ways. We can either have the financial order by consent 
Or if we're not in agreement, i.e. both parties aren't consenting to that, then we would need to ask for the court's help. And we do that by filing an application for finances. And what that means is that either way, either by consent or with the court's help, we will get a financial order. That will sever the financial ties. And that's really important because that means that neither one of you can then come back and make a financial claim against the other in the future. Without that financial order, you can. You can actually go back um, and make a financial claim at any time, even if you've been divorced, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. You can make a financial claim. So that's that's what we do. Um, how we divide them, well, that will depend on the actual family dynamic, the needs of the family, okay? And we look at the needs by looking at, doing some analysis really as to how long the marriage is, how old the parties are, are there any children under 18 that we need to take into account? Um, what if one person's working and the other person isn't? What if one person has medical issues and the other person doesn't? And the medical issues prevent that person from, from working. So how we divide them uh, will, will be um, determined by the answers to some of those questions and possibly more. And we call that sort of the family dynamics, looking at what the parties need, who needs more. The starting point's 50-50, um, but it doesn't always end up 50-50 depending on uh, the needs of the family. Um, when you have children in a divorce, the next question people ask me, sorry, is, you know, what happens about contact? Um, the old word that we used to use is child custody. Um, it's, we don't call it that anymore, but, you know, people seem to be familiar with that word. Um, that isn't really determined through the divorce and finances. That will always be a separate process. You know, the courts um, in, in England and Wales see the... Um, the uh, children's issues as one that if it can be sorted out by the parents without court intervention then it will be and they will apply what's called the no order principle so if the parties are in agreement to how the children who the children should live with and how much contact they should have with the other parent then that's fine the court won't get involved so we don't we don't do it automatically as part of the divorce and the finances Another question I get asked is, um, how much does the uh, divorce cost? Um, I think I answered that at the beginning of the podcast. So it's £593 is the cost to file your divorce petition. If you're filing a Form A, oh, and by the way, I'm doing this podcast in February 2023. Uh, and I say that because court costs can vary from time to time. Um, if you need to file a Form A in order to start your uh, financial application, that's going to cost you £275. If you have received or you've managed to obtain a financial order by consent, that's going to cost you £53 to submit that to the court. Okay, So there's a few different costs that will apply. Um, if all else fails, Google them. Um, if, you, if you Google court costs, you generally are taken to the court website and then you sort of let the website know what it is that you're looking to file and it will tell you how much that costs, okay? Um, another question I get asked from time to time is, can I get spousal maintenance? So spousal maintenance is a bit like child maintenance, but it's for the spouse. So typically, 
It's designed as a short-term measure whereby, let's say, one person is very reliant on the other person for finances. Um, and of course, if the marriage breaks down, then the person um, who's reliant upon the other may be left sort of high and dry, so to speak. So it might be that we need to make an application to the court to get the more vulnerable party some spousal maintenance. Now, whether or not you're entitled to that is going to depend again on doing a little bit of analysis. You know, what are your needs and what is the uh, your income? Um, and do we have a deficit? And if we can establish that we have a deficit between needs and income, then we would go on to the next stage, which would be to look at whether the other party can actually afford it, because we're going to need to know what they've their needs are and what they've got coming in. So it's not an automatic right, but it's certainly something that we will look at. Another question I get asked is, how does the divorce process work? Well, essentially, you will file your divorce petition. Um, the other side then have to return what's called an acknowledgement of service. You will then, the court will then get back your acknowledgement of service and you will, um, they will send that to you. Once you've received that, you can then apply for your conditional order. It used to be called the decree nisi. We now call it the conditional order. Um, and then six weeks after your conditional order is pronounced by the court, you can then apply for your final order. Um, and at that point, then you are divorced. Um, Another question I get asked is, can I get a divorce without my spouse's consent? Well, yes, you can. You, what you have to show the court is that the other side has actually received the divorce petition. Okay, so if they don't return the acknowledgement of service to the court as proof that they have received it, then you'll have to instruct a process server. And the process server will then supply a statement of service, i.e. evidence that the petition has been served on the other side. And you would then submit an application to the court for what we call deem service, that the respondent has received the divorce petition and you're asking the court's permission to proceed on that basis. And generally the court will. So long as they're satisfied that the respondent has received the divorce petition, um, then they will let the divorce continue. Just wanted to let you know, if you're thinking about self-representing in either divorce, finance or children, check out my courses that are available for sale. They're on my website, maloneyfamilylaw.co.uk. I designed them specifically so that you could represent yourself without the need for a solicitor. Another question I get asked is, what happens to our debts during a divorce? Well, the court won't really make an order with regard to debts. Um, the debts will typically be classified into individual debts or perhaps matrimonial debts. And if it's possible to pay the debts off from the assets in the marriage, then the court would be looking for you to do that. Um, but ultimately, if you can't agree with your spouse how the debts are going to be paid or who takes the responsibility for those debts, um, then... The court, as I say, very unlikely for them to make an order, really, um, as to who pays them. 
Um, that just wouldn't be fair. Um, dependent, of course, upon the assets that are in the matrimonial um, asset pool um, as to whether they can be paid off or not. Another question I get asked is, should I be the one to file for divorce? You know, what's better to be the petitioner or to be the respondent? Um, in my view, I think it comes down to, you know, obviously whether you, you want the divorce. I mean, the petitioner has the uh, responsibility for doing the lion's share of the paperwork. So you are, you know, getting the divorce petition drafted if you're doing it yourself. And then you're making the application for the conditional order. And then you're making the application for the final order. But of course, if you want the divorce to take place and you want it to go ahead, then you'll most likely be more motivated to do that. The petitioner is also the one that initially pays the court fee of £593. Um, and unless you can get an agreement from your spouse that they're paying half of it or paying it for you, um, then, you know, as you're the one to file the divorce petition, you'll be the one that has to pay that fee. So, of course, that's the downside to being the petitioner. Um, the upside, of course, is that you are in charge of the process. So, you know, you obviously, if you're doing it, you're not waiting for the other party to do it. You know, if they're sort of um, slowing the process down and you want it speeded up slightly, um, if you're the petitioner, you're in complete control. So as soon as the next deadline um, date approaches, then you can file the next set of papers. So it, it's a personal choice, really, um, as to whether or not you want to be the petitioner or the respondent. It doesn't really matter in terms of the finances um, who you are, petitioner or respondent, because it, let's say you're the petitioner in the divorce, that doesn't mean that you then have to be the applicant in the finances. You know, you can be the respondent in the finances. If all you want to do is do the divorce process, then that's fine. It doesn't mean that you then have to do the financial order application um, and, and take responsibility for that. And many times the petitioner in the divorce will be the respondent in the finances. So don't think that when you've committed to doing the divorce that you then have to do the finances. Another question I get asked all the time is, do I have to do mediation before I start the divorce process? No. So the mediation is, um, it's not compulsory, but it is a prerequisite before making a financial application or indeed a children's application. But it's not a prerequisite for making a divorce um, application or filing your divorce petition. Um, you don't have to show the court that you've been to mediation in that instance. Another question people ask me is, do I have to have to provide evidence that my marriage is broken down irretrievably? No, you don't. Um, the, the new system that we have now in England and Wales is based on no blame. So what that means is that you simply complete your divorce petition. No evidence is needed because we're not blaming the other side for anything. What we're saying to the court is that, you know, the marriage has broken down irretrievably um, and I would now like to uh, be released from this marriage and, and ask the court for a divorce. And of course, I always get asked a lot, you know, how do I know that I should be applying for a divorce? You know, what are the signs that my marriage has indeed irretrievably broken down and that's very much a a personal decision for you 
you know it, it's your marriage and no family lawyer can really ask uh, answer that question for you but as a family lawyer having practiced for a long time what i can say is that the typical things that we are hearing um, our clients say is that communication's broken down okay so if you and your spouse are no longer able to communicate effectively it can be a sign that the relationship's in trouble perhaps you're not feeling loved or appreciated you know if you feel neglected or unimportant um, that can lead to feelings of resentment and can you know ultimately contribute to the breakdown um, of your marriage um, some parties tell me that they argue constantly. You know, constant arguing and fighting can be a sign that the relationship's just not healthy anymore. Perhaps it's a long marriage, and, and as you've both grown, um, you have different values and goals from your spouse. Um, it can be difficult sometimes to find a common ground and this can lead to conflict and sometimes divorce. So, you know, maybe that's what's going on in your marriage uh, maybe you've simply grown apart you know if you feel like you and your spouse have grown apart and have nothing in common um, it can be a sign that the marriage may be headed for divorce again it's you know you can't be advised on something like this it's very much a personal um, you know circumstance uh, maybe you're no longer physically or emotionally intimate you know physical and emotional intimacy are really important components of a healthy marriage and if these have disappeared from your relationship, it can, it can potentially be a sign that obviously your marriage is in trouble. Um, or maybe you're just thinking about the idea of divorce. If you and your spouse have seriously considered uh, or entertained the idea of divorce, it's worth taking the time to examine the health of your marriage and whether it is worth working on it or you know, maybe time to consider ending the relationship. Um, again, the, the effort that you want to put into perhaps reconciling or, you know, if you've had a period of separation or even exploring some other options to see if you can save the marriage. Has it really broken down irretrievably? Um, you know, could you maybe benefit from some counselling with Relate, for example, or, or organisations that offer similar services? You know, is it another factor that you think might be um, you know, the result of your marriage not being as healthy as it once was. But actually, it's because, you know, the children are young and you're not getting enough sleep or perhaps one of you have recently lost a job and there's just some additional financial pressures. Sometimes parties tell me that they've taken on to looking after elderly parents and that can cause a strain um, in the marriage. It doesn't necessarily mean the marriage is broken down, but it's going through a period of, you know, external factors um, that you haven't maybe experienced before um, and it might be worth thinking about will those pass and then will the marriage get back to to where it once was I think the important thing to remember is that every relationship is different you know and what may be a rough patch for one couple may be a sign that it's time to consider divorce for another sometimes it can be helpful to seek um, the advice of a counsellor um, to help you determine the health of your marriage and whether it is working, um, worth working on, sorry, or it may be time to consider ending the relationship. So I hope that helped and I hope that just provided something different um, on the podcasts. Thank you for listening um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Bye bye for now.